I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. In this episode, I got my man, Charlie Jouse, the first ever mental skills coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Great guy. Great background. His dad is a legend in the game. This guy has the pedigree to go real far. He's a people person. He's very empathetic, and he's here to help. This is for everybody that the mental part of the game is a little bit in doubt, that you struggle with yourself sometimes. This is the episode for you. Yes, it was done in my backyard, so you might hear some noises, some grasshoppers here and there. Bear with me. This is one of my best episodes Great guy, Mr. Charlie Jouse, Arizona Diamondbacks. Here we go. Guys, one of my my mentors, my my like my second dad or or my older brother, not to make him so old. Jousey with with the Mets. I, I refer to him so many times. He's he's a guy that gave me an opportunity of a lifetime to be with him, to shadow him in the pros with the Mets. And I have now one of one of his three boys, his middle one, my boy Charlie here. Charlie, tell us who you are, man. I'm Charlie. My dad's Dave Jouse. He's uh been in pro baseball for a long time got the opportunity to grow up learning from him and all facets it's not just in baseball but in life and I uh, just uh, ended up finishing my uh, master's degree in counseling with a focus in sports psychology and just accepted an offer from the Arizona Diamondbacks as a mental skills coach really excited to get out there and get an opportunity to impact uh, not only the playing careers but the lives of players and, and what they can do to succeed on and off the field that is awesome because it is come here, come here. it is so new it is so new because you just accepted the job like a couple of days About a week ago, week ago. Yeah. that is awesome dude where were you born I was born in Stewart Florida when my dad was coaching uh, with the uh, with the Florida State League for the Expos okay. back in uh, the early 90s. And uh, moved around a lot though. Got the opportunity to live in uh, a bunch of different areas of the US from Boston to LA and even uh, in Venezuela as my dad was coaching in winter ball as well as the Dominican Republic. Did you at all try sports yourself? Did you play sports yourself? I did, I grew up playing, uh, I played all sports growing up as a young kid, ended up playing uh, football, basketball, and baseball up until my sophomore year of high school, uh, and then uh, stepped back into just basketball and baseball for uh, my junior year while I was in Boston. I uh, was looking to get recruited and play college ball, so I moved down 
Southwest Florida and Naples. Uh, did another junior year and really focused in on baseball then. Uh, got a couple offers to play collegiately, D2, D3 level, but ended up feeling that uh, my path was going to take me other ways. Uh, and so initially I went to college to study uh, pre-med um, and had the opportunity from a placement exam uh, to be able to get a second degree in Hispanic studies, which allowed me to uh, expand my uh, Spanish-speaking abilities as well as be able to learn. To be a white boy that speaks Spanish, huh? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Now, let me, let's just talk about that for a second. Have you always been prone to languages or this is something that you consciously made to, you know what, I'm gonna be fluent in Spanish? Well, so actually, Spanish was my first language. So um, when I was born, my dad was managing for Caracas in Venezuela. And so when I started learning languages, we were living there. And uh, for some reason, I decided that Spanish was the language that I would speak, you know, being down there, uh, I just picked up on Spanish. And so growing up intermittently, I'd, I'd pick up more, lose less, always had an ability to understand it. However, mm -hmm. my my proficiency in speaking it would, you know, wax and wane. Um, and so I did make a, like a concerted effort in college to make sure that I, uh, I expanded my understanding because I felt that it could really impact my ability at the time to be a physician and now it's really helped me uh, moving into the uh, mental skills realm. Professional well. baseball world. Professional baseball. Being a mental skills guy, did you apply any special skills while you played? Yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think any athlete learns a lot of the mental skills and tools innately. You know, you, you have to, to be able to adjust and play at a high level, no matter if it's in, you know, Little League, you know, young, you know, Pop Warner football, whatever it may be, you know, you encounter these areas where you're going to fail and you have to figure out how you're going to get back up after getting tackled or getting knocked in your butt in football or after striking out on a pitch you know you could hit or throwing that pitch that you know is supposed to strike that guy out but he happens to hit it the other way and you got to shake it off and step back in. Uh, I did have some struggles though honestly and, and that was where my first interest into the field happened was when I moved down here my junior year I was struggling a little bit not able to really perform the way that I wanted in to baseball. in baseball. What position did you play? Uh, I was corner infield primarily third base and then I also... Did you hit really good? Uh, yeah, I hit pretty well. Not, not a lot of power, but uh, lefty bat, threw righty, lefty bat, no worked left center field a lot. Uh, what was your 60 time? We don't have to talk you about that. that. Pretty, pretty, pretty poor. Yeah. Pretty poor, yeah. Now, did you practice your speed a lot? I did. I did. I, I, did your dad help you? Did he guide you, like, saying, hey, look, man, you should do this and that? How was his process with your... Or was he more of, like... Let that coach deal with it. I'm gonna play dad. How, is yeah. that how he was? My, my dad was very, very good about keeping the balance between coach and father, okay. and keeping that separated in the right, uh, in the appropriate manner, at least for my development. And so he understood, you know, while he wanted me to do well in baseball, it was for me. It was because of my passion in baseball. So if I, because of my passion, I would seek out my dad's advice in baseball and. What should I be doing differently here? What do I need to work on? How can I excel? But he would also understand that hey, I don't I don't understand the amateur game as well because he's been in the pro game for so right, long right. that he has such a good network though that he connected me with with good 
quality coaches that were able to help me develop my game and get to where I could be at the time. Uh, and even through my, my struggles in the mental game, he helped connect me with, uh, who's now one of my inspirations, and the reason that I took this path is Bob Tewksbury, who worked with uh, the Red Sox for a long time, uh, and then worked with the MLBPA for a year, and most recently was with the San Francisco Giants. Um, and so he was a guy who really helped me find what my passion was and, and how I could play the game not just in this, I, I struggled in a sense where I felt that because of other people, not my father, not my family, because of certain coaches that I had or certain parents of other players, I sometimes felt that there was this pressure that because my dad was the pro ball guy, I was supposed to be better. You felt that? I did. I did. I, I and I put it on myself, and I and I took those remarks from other people, or what I felt were those remarks from other people, and and burdened myself with that. And so, what Tukes really helped me with was being able to understand: Do I want to play? Why do I play? Do I love the game? <laughs> and I really understood. I love the game because I love the game. It doesn't matter where I go, where I get to play, how I get to play. I want to be involved in this game, whether I'm playing, whether I'm not. Right. And that was truly great. And so he's one of the individuals that really helped my development on and off the field and what I'm doing now and, and where I'm headed now. And so. Buddy, you're in the middle of the interview. <laughs> go there. Go there. Come on. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Come on. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's so key that you said that you had somebody to call and to talk to because. My biggest thing with what I do with with the Instagram and with stuff with people is to give parents another voice to listen to that isn't necessarily on the clock, gonna put the line up, it's pressure free. Also somebody that you're not paying. So there's no like, I'm supposed to like keep you around. It's almost like a neutral voice that says, listen, based on my experience, this is what I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that's huge that your dad was smart enough to present that avenue for you. Definitely, and, and for me, I mean, what Tukes told me, when I think back on it, is a lot of the things that my dad would tell, but it's always helpful to have somebody that's disconnected. As, you know, as a, as a kid, and I loved and respected my dad and understood where he was coming from, but oftentimes it takes that, that different voice, right. that different perspective that really locks it in for you. That trajectory now, because now let's take baseball didn't work out. Was it hard when it didn't work out or you kind of saw it coming? Uh, I actually, it was, it ended up being my choice in the end. I had those opportunities and I thought, you know, the, the path that I wanted to take uh, would be difficult with the pre-med path that I was looking for at the time to be able to do my, my labs and everything while playing ball was going to be pretty difficult. Um, and I really wanted to invest myself 100% into what I felt my future career was going to be. Uh, and so I ended up making a decision and it was hard but at the same time I had come to a comfortable place in understanding who I was and what impact I wanted to have on my own life and my future. So the decision ended up being great for me and I was right, very confident right. and happy in it. So now, no more baseball. Take me through your next process because you were still you were still in pre-med? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I did my entire undergraduate studying biology and Hispanic studies. Uh, I ended up applying to med school, didn't get in the first cycle, so I moved back down to Naples, Florida, and I was working at a hospital. 
Uh, I realized I didn't really like the environment. I didn't you really like the like, environment, huh? Yeah, I didn't really like the path that Western medicine, in a sense, from my perspective, is dictated by third parties rather than how an individual feels or, or should be treated, in a sense, because insurance may not cover it. Right. And I also still felt this passion that I wanted to be connected to sports, and specifically baseball. Mm -hmm. and I felt that I wouldn't have... Baseball, huh? that ability to be in the game, be around the game as much as I wanted. Uh, and so I called uh, Tukes back up and I asked him, I said, hey, what, what's sports psychology about? How can I learn more about it? What has your experience been? What do I need to do? What did, how did you get into the field? What do I need to do to do these things? And you know, he told me about his story, gave me some, some books and literature to be able to read up on the field. Um, and it was something right away. Right as I started reading felt those it, books, felt I was like, this, was awesome. this is where I'm going. This, really is, this is what I'm meant to do. At that point, did you call your dad and tell him, listen, I have this vibe, I have this feeling, I think this is what I'm going to do. Did you talk to him? Yeah, I talked to my mom and my dad. Uh, they've always been great encouragers of me. And, you know, even when I decided to not play baseball, my, my mom and dad have never been like, you have to play baseball right, because right, that's right. what we do in right, a sense. Right. What they could sense it in my voice, I think, when I was telling them that you know, this is this is what I'm what I'm meant to do. This is what I have to do. Right. Um, and they were so proud and so encouraging. That is awesome. Helped me through the process of applying to grad schools, and uh, I ended up choosing a great program, which has put me in the place where I'm at today. Where did you go to grad school? I went to Adler University. It's okay. a small psych university that does masters in PsyDs. In Chicago? Is that in Chicago? It's in downtown Chicago. Um, so it, the program's actually a, a counseling psychology program with a focus in sports psych. So I got into that program as well as FSU's program. FSU's program is a kinesiology-based focused uh, program, or it's within the kinesiology department. For me, I felt that uh, with where I wanted to go with it, I didn't have a basis in psychology. I didn't have the understanding of the foundations of psychology, and I really wanted to understand that counseling general psychology right. to be able to have that confidence in what I can do and, and be able to impact it on the right level and have an understanding of that foundation. Uh, and so the program was perfect for what I was looking for. Now, if I had studied psychology in undergrad, I may have chosen a different pathway. Uh, but you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm really that happy awesome. with oh, That's really good, dude. So now you graduate. Is that when you you got the internship now with the, before with the Dodgers, or how did that come about? So last year during winter meetings, I went down and met with a handful of teams, uh, individuals within different Is that when you pulled a brilliant move to be the only guy in the psych world to go to, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even you know. You give your secret? Something. Go on, give the people a secret. What's that? What's yeah, if, uh, if you're looking for uh, roles within Major League Baseball in the mental uh, skills area, it's a... Uh, not very frequent that individuals go to winter meetings to interact with uh, these organizations, but ultimately every organization is there. A lot of the high-powered individuals within these front offices are there and they're open to talking. They're looking for people for internships in all capacities and, you know, for me, it really panned out where I was one of I was the only one at the time who had been there looking for metal skills area uh, jobs. This is why that's awesome because you could have easily had your dad make calls. You could have said no, listen, whatever. But the fact that you're willing to go to these meetings, separate yourself from the comfortableness, from 
the fame that your dad has from all his connections. And yeah, I'm sure at some point that got mentioned, but the initiative that you took is huge, man. And I think, uh, and I think you deserve a lot of credit for that because not a lot of people in your position would do that. And I'm sure that got your parents' respect, you know, yeah. and again, and a, and your own respect that you know what I can make this happen separate from anybody else. Certainly, and I mean, I definitely utilized some of the connections my dad had, but ultimately that gets the foot in the door, and and I know that I'm confident in what yeah, you got to perform. Yeah, you got to perform. That once I get that foot in the door, I know that I'm going to be in that room, and I'm going to I'm going to make an impression on whoever I speak with because. I'm confident in what I can do, and I'm I'm passionate about this field, and I'm passionate about uh, helping players reach the potential that they can reach. Now, from there, when did you spend time in the in the Dominican? Was that with the Dodgers? Uh, that was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. With the Pirates, okay. Yeah. So, that, so the Dodgers thing ended because mm -hmm. it never really started, mm -hmm. right? And then now we're with the Pirates. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Oh, I had an opportunity with a live interview to be down there uh, for Instructional League and be able to uh, uh, do some presentations down there in Spanish with the uh, with the players and coaches and what what Hector and Bernie and 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 the staff there with Dr. Johnson have set up in that organization is uh, is truly special what they're doing and especially with what Hector is help to establish down in the Dominican with the mindfulness work and and, um, and all of that and the buy-in that they have from not only the players but the coaches the coordinators mm -hmm. everybody is committed to this to this development on the mental side um, the development on the mental side where does that start like what's what's your starting point I think it all depends ultimately uh, well, not ultimately, but uh, at the beginning, what it really comes down to is that, again, players, coaches, organizations develop culture. And we always talk about this uh, abstract concept of culture. Now, what it comes down to is when you're starting off the program, it's important to understand what is the culture that this organization embodies. What's the culture that their players embody, their coaches, the front office? How do they set goals? How do they establish player development plans? How do they help their players achieve those plans? And so I think it really comes down to interviewing the players who have been in the organization for a period of time, the coaches who have been around for a long time, and, and even the ones who haven't been to understand how they develop how they've developed that culture what they're intentional about what are their focuses and then be able to create the framework for how we're going to work on, with players to achieve those areas to develop those specific mental skills or develop those personality traits that they have that can make them successful and so, the same goes for coaching staff as well so that let me hold you right there what personalities do you notice in winning players and that are common? What traits? Well, I think innately there's this, it's very important to have confidence, emotional regulation, an ability to focus, an ability to refocus, because we, we think about the, this aspect of focus. And we can have players who can focus in on the task. However, when they get punched in the face, are they able to then release that, reset themselves, refocus on the task, and understand that 
I can't control what just happened. I can't control the last pitch. I can't control the next pitch. What I can do is focus on my plan that I have for this specific pitch, this specific play, be committed to that and work towards that. Let me ask you a question because I got asked, I spoke yesterday and I got asked by four parents of their kids, how do their kids, and then I'll tell you what I said and you correct me if I'm right or wrong. How do your kid, my kid strikes out, he starts crying, he gets frustrated, he doesn't know how to deal with failure, all these things. And I don't know if you saw the post that I did, but in the post that I put, that I told parents, I go, listen, how come we have a plan for fire drills? We do emergency plans for fire drills. We do emergency things when you get on an airplane. You talk about what to do in case things don't go so well. But in sports, in baseball, we never talk about failure to kids. So it's almost like kids are learning on the fly mm -hmm. how to fail, and then when they do bad, all they have to look at is their parent and coaches that just has this disappointment, negative reinforcement on that. So they want nothing to do with failure because it's almost like I feel that parents want to hide adversity and hide failure from their kids so that they don't have to go through that. But it's every winner's best friend. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell parents? I don't my advice was like, well, what would you tell parents of 11-year-olds? Listen, my kid doesn't know how to cries, throws a helmet, gets frustrated when he strikes out. Well, I mean, there's the you know age-old adage that there's no crying in baseball, right? You're brought up that there's no crying in baseball, and you're not supposed to show emotion, whether it's positive or negative. But ultimately, I mean, you've worked with so many great players, you've, you know so many great players, everyone has a different approach. Every person has a different personality. Every kid is developing their personality. And we wanna protect them, you wanna, you wanna protect your child from the difficult aspects of life. But ultimately, you're gonna encounter it. And what better area to do it in than sport? Now, when they do do that, and they struggle with something that happens, the positive affirmation is always such a great path to take because you wanna show your kid that failure is gonna happen. But it's not gonna end your career. That failure is not the end of everything. You're, you can learn from everything. And so really breeding that learning growth mentality and understanding that failure is not the end of it. That's a learning point and being able to learn that. And then also with children especially, I always work on how do we make every aspect of the game fun? How do we create something that's fun? Because. It's a kid. Like I understand, you want, you may want your kid to be the best, and, and as a kid, I wanted to be the best in my league all the time. And I was competitive with my brothers, with my friends, in every aspect, whether it was on the field or if we were playing wiffle ball in somebody's backyard that we hopped in because it was a really nice backyard, and we right, got to, right, right. we got to play in a really nice backyard. Right. And so, really, what it came down to is, I, the reason that I come back to baseball always is that's where I had the most fun. It's where I had the most fun. And it's where I learned a lot through those failures, whether it was in T-ball, in Little League, in Pony League ball, in high school. And so really breeding a fun atmosphere to play in. So when it comes to coaches and, and parents, understand that encouraging your kids in a positive manner, no matter if they went 0 for 3, 4 for 4, or if they gave up six runs, got pulled in the first, or if they threw a complete game. Encouraging your kids in a positive manner and understanding that even the failure 
can be fun. That is beautiful. My thing with fun, and you can correct me because you're the expert now, buddy. I'm not, not the expert. It goes like this. First thing you got to have in order to get to the fun, because I put fun in the middle, is discipline. The setting, the tone, and what we're about to do is everything. Because if you don't do that, in my opinion, it becomes a play date. Mm-hmm. You know? And even play dates have rules. Certainly. You know? You're going to be here for a certain time. You don't go into the kitchen. Don't go into the pool of a house. So I like to start with discipline, setting the tone. Then I go into fun. And a lot of my fun is positive reinforcement, is the verbal rewards. Yeah. That all lands in the fun part. Yeah. And then after that, because you're having so much fun, comes the player development. Because now you're hooked. Like, you know what? Like you said, this is fun. I like come seeing this coach. Now I want to get better. Mm-hmm. I want to get better. And that to me has, I, I feel, has separated me from everybody else. Because I don't come hard where I go, oh, you're wasting time, whatever. No. I set the tone from the beginning. I make sure we have fun. Mm-hmm. And then comes the player development. Yeah, I mean... For me, when you talk about that, I think about, I had a question asked of me recently um, of who was the best coach I had growing up. And and I said my dad initially, because my coach in life, my coach in baseball, my coach in everything, he's the guy that I always go back to and he's always been so supportive, so encouraging, but also talks to me straight, gives to me how I, how I need to hear it so that I can, he's very real with me. And then he asked me, well, other than your dad, and the first guy that popped into my mind was a guy named Coach Pesci. It was my Little League baseball coach when I was 11, 12 years old in Brighton. He was hard. He was tough. He made sure that that we were disciplined. We right. played the game the right way. But at the same time, I think back to the things that I really enjoyed with him. was in the winter, he would take time after work, like 6 p.m., to take us to this small gymnasium in a, in a small elementary school. And we would work on drills, work on drills, discipline, do some ground ball, do some hitting of wiffle balls, really work on our hand-eye coordination. And then at the end, we'd come to the fun. But even with the fun, there was player development because what he would do is he would take, uh, do you know the crazy ball? You know the ball that Yeah, has the, the, the yellow one. Yeah, 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 yeah. The knobs. He would whip that thing, and we would have a contest of you know whoever. The last those. man standing, one of those. Last man standing of, you know who who made the plays, didn't make the yeah. errors, and it breeded this competition yes. and this this breeding of development in a very fun manner. And that's one of the things that I think back to. I've had that's awesome. Really great coaches in my life, and, and some not so great right. ones. Right, right, right. But thinking about those those coaches that are able to, you know help you get better yes. while making a fun atmosphere in a controlled environment. That is that is awesome. When players are slumping, that they lack confidence, what do you recommend? I was actually listening back on some of your podcasts recently too, and, and this is something that jumped out. And one of the things that I like to talk about with, with athletes is trust is such an important key. Like, yes, get back to your mechanics. But we can 
On the mental side of the game, we try and develop plans and get ready for different situations, visualize our plate appearances, whether we're pitching or hitting, visualize our entire game. But ultimately, when it comes down to it on the field and you're slumping, you can get into an area where you're overanalyzing. Right. You can overanalyze. Right. And what I always tell players to get back to, not always, depending upon the situation, but in those slump areas is, no matter if you're 11, if you're 11, you've been playing the game likely since t-ball and baseball. So you've been playing since about four or five years old. You've already been playing six years. You know your swing, you know how you throw, you know what you're doing. Falling back to just trusting what you know and how to do it and letting that flow freely oftentimes gives you that loose nature. So you just naturally, your bat finds the ball. You find that strike zone, you bring it back in. Allowing yourself to trust that you know how to do these things because you've done it so many times before. And it's such a paramount thing that you've addressed in some of the podcasts that I was right, with you and right. yours. Now coming into the new team, it's something that's, that's new, mm-hmm. something that's groundbreaking for the organization because they've never had anything like this before. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be able to work in an organization that's really committed to the development of their players, development of their uh, coaches, and the creation and development of a culture that breeds successful athletes and humans and people. It's not just a focus in on how can we make players successful on the field. Because ultimately, what happens off the field impacts what happens on the field. What happens on the field impacts your life off the field. And it's difficult to separate those things. Those parallels occur within life. And so I'm really passionate to be able to work with some really great individuals that I've met that work in this organization and have the opportunity to learn from them Mm -hmm. and be able to bring in some of the ideas that I've I've had and developed through my learning. Um, and so I think the, the culture of continued learning, um, as well as being able to have uh, you know, some sort of an impact on not only the on-field success of players, coaches, but also the off-field life as well. Charlie, does anybody ever call you Chelsea? They don't call you Chelsea, do they? Uh, actually, uh, when I was down in the Dominican with the Pirates, they yeah. asked, they're like, is it okay to be called Chelsea? I was like, <laughs> I go by Charlie, but if you call me Jousey, I'll answer. You'll answer What do you think is the key to be able to connect with other human beings, in your opinion? Well, for me, I found that that connection happens when you're authentically interested in what other people do, in who they are, where they came from, what their aspirations are, what they're doing now, to get to that. And so for me, the connections that I've built with people come in because, especially, you know, with you, I am genuinely interested in the things you do. I watch your Instagram videos. I listen to the podcast, man. It's special to hear what you're doing and being able to come over here and, and be a part of this is something that it's really special to me. Like, I care about that. I care about the success of people from where they came from to where they're going and how they're doing that. And so I think that connecting with people, people just want to know that someone cares about them, no matter who it is. And so really genuinely understanding people, and it brings a lot of fulfillment in my life because 
that helps me to cater. Hey, you know what? I was talking with Hector the other day and the passion he has for this and the interest he has in this and the ways in which he's making those happen. I can apply that in this area of my life. Exactly. And, exactly. and that's, that's how you learn and grow is by learning from people who are successful, learning from people who have drive, learning from people who have goals and are actively doing things to achieve. Thank you guys so much for listening to my episode with Charlie Jouse, Arizona Diamondbacks. Please remember to subscribe. Please remember to give your comments, any feedback, good, bad, not scared of anything here. This is here for you. This service is here for you guys. It's at Coach HP on all social handles. Remember to keep going hard and do your thing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 